0: Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, the 16th day of April in the year of our Lord 2021, and in this report I will focus on foreign policy, especially Russia. Since Washington is once again rattling the sabers, threatening, bullying those abroad, China and Iran are also problems, of course, but I will save those problems for another day. I recommend my Castle Report of August 23rd, 2015, entitled The Mind of Russia, as a good background for this report. You can find that by going to castlereport.us and index, castlereport.us index, just scroll down to the right date. The Castle family is doing just fine right now, living the good life here in the Southern Spring, far from the virus. No illness in this family that we know of, not even in Los Angeles, California, I will admit to encouraging my family to be careful, proceed with caution during this time since both Joan and I are past the age of 65, overly cautious perhaps, but as family leader, I thought it best so far so good. Joan and I were riding to work in her car the other day. When I asked her why logic and truth did not seem to matter anymore, she was stumped by my question, but we continued to debate it, with me giving her one example after another of how illogical the premise of this society seems to be, just from a foreign policy standpoint. I question whether anyone in government cares about what is best for America and the American people, whether the subject is the virus or Russia, the decisions lack logic. They're illogical. They lack truth. They're untruthful. And they even lack common sense. The leaders of other countries appear to act in their own best interest. So why can't our leaders do that for us? I suppose it makes more sense to them to just concentrate on how diverse the cabinet is. How many women do we have in the cabinet? How many black people? How many gay people? That is much easier to worry about than the destruction of our currency, the offshoring of manufacturing jobs, and such other mundane things. Why isn't the United States working with the Russians to create an alliance to contain Chinese communist expansion instead of stupidly placing sanctions on virtually all Russian production? Maybe because Washington developed an attitude after the fall of the Soviet Union, that Russia is no longer a great nation to be respected. Russia doesn't count anymore. So Russia and Russians get sanctioned because when you control the world's financial system, you can do that. But sanctions are just another act, a passive act of war. It also allows the Chinese communists to paint us with moral equivalents. We're no better than they are, they say, that's a lie, of course, but Biden apparently doesn't have the ability or the willingness to refute that lie. The United States no longer honors the Intermediate-Range Ballistic Missile Treaty with Russia, so it feels free to move rather short-range missiles to the borders of Russia. What difference does that make? What difference does it make where the missiles are located? Since the U.S. submarine-launched ICBMs could hit any target in Russia within 15 minutes, the answer is that the intermediate range missiles do not give 15 minutes of warning and, in theory, could annihilate Russia's nuclear capability before they could atta- retaliate? That makes Russians nervous. It makes them on guard. The Biden administration seems to be courting disaster around the world and does not appear to be concerned about it. Not concerned at all about a military confrontation in Russia's backyard. That attitude is stupid, it's reckless especially since the ability to back it up is questionable. Would Joe Biden or whoever runs that administration be willing to take the United States to the edge of nuclear war with Russia over Ukraine? The answer apparently seems to be yes. Although when Russia threatens to close the Black Sea, the two American warships patrolling there were withdrawn. It is better to pick your battles and stand firm than to bluster first, then back down. The United States is reportedly considering membership in NATO for Ukraine. That would be perhaps the stupidest foreign policy decision since Hitler invaded Russia. Russian troops currently occupy the eastern region of Ukraine. Therefore, a NATO membership could involve military action by the U.S. to drive the Russians from Ukraine. That would be madness of the highest and most obvious degree. Putin has been rather patient through all this, through Biden's public insults, his lies. But for how much longer it is rumored that Washington has given Ukraine a military guarantee of protection, and if so, that is evidence that someone in Washington is a raving lunatic. I'm afraid those who possess power and influence within the United States government, such as supposedly Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, have seriously misjudged Vladimir Putin, it is not a favorite comparison when one considers the characteristics of a good war leader. Putin is descended from Mongols who occupied Russia for over 200 years, thereby infusing Mongol DNA into the Russian bloodline forever. From Genghis Khan's Mongols, did Russia get much of its top-down, centralized approach to government and to military operations? There is no reason whatsoever To insult and defame that man, especially with the leadership Washington apparently does not seem to have. Is the real power in the Biden administration Barack Obama and Susan Rice, as the rumors constantly suggest? I don't know the answer to that, but if they are, then they're doing a very poor job of leading a shadow government. Someone with a functional brain needs to back the lunatics away from the brink before it's too late. And the sanctions against Russia, let that country sell its oil to whomever it chooses. That would be a good start to negotiations, but with all the mistrust, all the insults, it may be too late for deal-making. Russia has an estimated 40,000 troops in Ukraine and 40,000 in Crimea, and has given the U.S. a similar message concerning those areas. What if Russia put intermediate-range missiles in Mexico and Canada? Do you think that would make— Joe Biden nervous? With this president, it's hard to tell. But with a rational person, it certainly should make the president nervous enough to at least listen to someone who understands that Vladimir Putin is not corn pop. He's not some imaginary gangbanger you created for media hype. He is a descendant of 200 years of Mongol occupation. To some degree, the communist Chinese have a similar history. My point is, these are not weak Middle East countries with weak leadership that Washington can invade and conquer at will. Someone who might still be lucid in Washington should explain that to Washington's elite so they can get back to ruining their own country. Biden, I'm going to say Biden since I don't know who is actually in charge, missed Trump's May deadline for the withdrawal of all American troops from Afghanistan, but has announced a new September 11th deadline to replace it. That date is supposed to coincide with The 20 years after the 9-11 attacks, I suppose that is where Biden gets his boast that we will win. Do you really think he's that delusional? If so, then that is even more frightening. The Washington Post has announced its endorsement of the new date. In glowing terms, Barack Obama has said that Biden is doing the right thing. I will be happy, folks. I'll be happy if the new date brings the military entirely out of that country. But I don't believe it will happen, at least not on time and not entirely. The Taliban has been waiting patiently and will continue to do so. Why delay then? Why delay? We will see. When I say that Washington no longer has the strength to bluster and bully others, I'm referring to the weakness of the United States as a manufacturing nation, to have real security, real wealth. You have to make things that benefit others and that others want to buy. For example, because of its manufacturing dominance, the United States was never really capable of losing World War II and did not have to consider defeat as a real possibility. The Pearl Harbor attack in December of 1941 left the U.S., with no battleships and only three carriers in the Pacific Fleet to the Japanese, six carriers and 11 battleships. From the date of the Midway Battle, which was in June of 1942, where the Japanese lost four carriers for the next year, the Japanese built six carriers the U.S. 14. The following year, the Japanese built no carriers and the U.S. built 50 In Europe, when the war started, the U.S. had no long-range bombers whatsoever, only eight qualified pilots. Nearing the end of 1943, the U.S. had complete air superiority over Europe, and they have never surrendered it since. The point is that the United States could sit on the North American continent, protected by its oceans, and crank up its industry to the max. No other nation on earth could match it or even come close. Now, by contrast, the U.S. no longer even has a manufacturing base. This country makes nothing except fake dollars and fake math to make its people believe the lies since we are dependent on others for everything except the fake computer blips represented by $28 trillion of debt and a completely dependent population. Perhaps we should understand we can no longer swagger around the world as we once did Other countries are starting to recognize the reality of that scenario and call Washington's bluff. Right now, it's unclear how Biden plans to handle foreign policy since he backed down in the Black Sea. But his tendency to do just the opposite of what Trump did is rather ominous. Trump put the Europeans on notice that they would have to start living by the terms of the NATO treaty and provide the means for their own defense. He tried to get them to listen. Their dependence on Russian gas by canceling the Nord Stream pipeline and making long term strategic plans for the defense of Europe without handouts. Not everything Trump did, foreign policy wise, can logically be argued as bad. Biden's bluster and his threatening attitude toward Russia, as evidenced by his continual comments such as, there will be consequences. Putin must have been stung by having Biden's comments about, you have no soul, you're a killer. When Trump was asked to consider examples of when Biden had killed people, he pointed out many examples of how American governments and American leaders had done and were still doing similar things. The Chinese, Russians, Iranians have entered a strategic alliance against the United States. The statement coming out of their first high-level talk said in part, quote, all human rights or universal, indivisible, and interrelated international law is the cornerstone of the development of human society, end quote. Translation into non-diplomat speak. Forget all those Uyghurs we are imprisoning and committing genocide against. Just remember, we will not be bullied by the U.S. anymore. Oh, and by the way, we're going to develop an alternative to the U.S.-controlled dollar-based financial system, which will leave. The U.S. with nothing but $28 trillion of debt. Finally, folks, this all seems rather unbelievable, I know, but I assure you it's quite real. It's just that it must be hard. It's really hard for the leaders in Washington to rip apart the very fabric of their own country, destroy the morality of their own people, and confront foreign enemies all at the same time. At least that's the way I see it. Until next time, folks, this is Darrell Castle.